Hello and welcome to the Highly Strange Podcast. You are here with Sarah and Lewis. Hello. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. Good, good to be back. Yeah, I'm finally over my lurgy. About 95% over it now. Back off the sub bench. Yeah. You're here for the prime <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, thank you, Kate. I, I really enjoyed listening to the episode, to be fair. So, thanks for filling in. So, this week, we're going to Scotland. Oh. Have you ever been to Scotland? No. No, me neither. I think the most north I've ever been is Sheffield. Yeah, mine is like Stoke. <laughs> I try to avoid going north of London. <laughs> we should do Scotland. I'd like to go to Scotland. Oh, everyone needs subtitles. <laughs> can you do a Scottish accent? Am I going to hear it? Um, all I can do is the... I took me wee little doggy to the shop and I bought him a bun. We've definitely done that on this podcast yeah, before. that's the only accent. The fans love it. I can do in Scottish, I can't say anything else. I know we have got listeners in Scotland, so I do apologise. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my best. It's all I've got for you. So specifically, we're going to go to Edinburgh. Okay, okay. And we're going to go to Edinburgh Castle. Ooh. So I'm going to give you a little bit of kind of the history of Edinburgh Castle first. And then we're going right back to the good old roots of some nice little castle hauntings. Well, we've been we've drifted away from paranormal yeah, a little I'm bit. I'm reining it in. So I've taken control <laughs> and I'm talking about comets. Right, and... Two weeks off and he's bloody going on about whatever. <laughs> so we're reining it back in. We're going back to a good old fashioned haunting. Edinburgh Castle is one of the oldest fortified places in Europe with a long, rich history as a royal residence, military garrison, prison and fortress. It is alive with many exciting tales. When you climb Castle Hill, you will walk into the footsteps of soldiers, kings and queens, and even the odd pirate or two. Though parts of it remain in military use, the castle is now a world-famous visitor attraction. It's also an iconic part of the old and new towns of Edinburgh World Heritage Site. Set upon its mighty rock, Edinburgh Castle's strategic advantage is clear. Seeing the site's military potential, Iron Age people built a hill fort on the rock. Early medieval poetry tells of a war band that feasted here for a year before riding into their death in battle. As well as guarding great moments in history, the castle suffered many sieges. During the Wars of Independence, it changed its hands many times. In 1314, the Scots retook the castle from the English in a daring night raid led by Thomas Randolph, nephew of Robert the Bruce. The castle's defences have evolved over hundreds of years. Monsmeg, one of the greatest medieval cannons ever made, was Mons given... Meg. Monsmeg. Monsmeg. Yeah. Not Monsmeg. Is it Monsmeg? I don't know. I was asking you. I've written Monsmeg. That's an unfortunate name. <laughs> Better than Smeg. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That's very unfortunate. Monsmeg. That's what we're going with. That's what I've written. I'm not, oh, I'm not willing to change the notes <laughs> at this stage. Uh, one of the greatest medieval cannons ever made was given to King James II in 1457. The half-moon battery built in the aftermath of the Lang Siege of 1573 was armed for 200 years by bronze guns known as the Seven Sisters. Six more guns defended the Argyle battery with its open outlook to the north. Edinburgh Castle was home to kings and queens for many centuries. Queen Margaret, who later made a saint, died here in 1093. The chapel built in her honour by her son, King David I, is Edinburgh's oldest building. St Margaret's Chapel still hosts weddings and christenings today. The Great Hall, completed in 1511 for King James IV, hosted grand banquets and state events. But the king had little time to enjoy his new addition. James IV 
died at the Battle of Flodin. Flodin? Flodin? Flo- Don't ask me. Flodin. Flodin. Flodin? Flodin. Flodin. Flodin! I've lost it now. <laughs> James IV died at the Battle of Flodin <laughs> in 1513. <laughs> Fighting English forces sent by his brother-in-law, King Henry, um, King Henry VIII of England. Above the door to the royal palace are the gilded initials M-A-H for Queen Mary of Scots and her second husband, Henry Stuart, Lord Darnley. Mary gave birth to James IV in the royal palace in 1566. He became King of Scotland at 13 months old and oh. united the crowns of Scotland and England in 1603. I bet he made really wise judgments. I feel like it... I don't know why I just picture like Stewie from Family Guy, like if he was <laughs> <laughs> crowned king. The honours of Scotland are the oldest crown jewels in Britain, made of gold, silver and precious gems. They were created in Scotland and Italy during the reigns of James IV and James V. The crown, sceptre and sword of state were first used together for the coronation of a monarch in 1543. When Mary, Queen of Scots, came to the throne, the iconic stone of destiny used for centuries to inaugurate monarchs is also on display in the crown room. Following the union of the crowns in 1603, Edinburgh Castle was rarely visited by the reigning monarch, but from the 1650s it grew into a significant military base. Defences were rebuilt and enhanced in response to the Jacobite risings of 1689 to 1746. New gun batteries such as Jury's Battery were constructed and new barracks such as the Queen Anne building were added to house the many soldiers and officers. Some 600 troops were housed in the new barracks, but during the Napoleonic War with France, it's still in use by the military today. Regiments often had a mascot, many of whom were dogs. Some of them are laid to rest in the dog cemetery, along with other canine companions. But soldiers once brought home a far more unusual four-legged friend to live in the castle. Frogs. Do you want to know the clue? They Got had a trunk. Elephants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I can't think of any other animal that has trunks. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a big not, clue. not but... really a clue, is it? <laughs> <laughs> not everyone who came to the castle enjoyed their stay. Even royals were sometimes known to complain about the draft, but life was truly grim for many of the prisoners who were locked up in the vaults below Crown Square. As a formidable stronghold, the castle was the most secure lock-up in Scotland. Between 1757 and 1814, the vaults became home to many hundreds of prisoners of war. There is historical evidence suggesting that at least 26 sieges took place at the castle, making it one of the most besieged landmarks in the world. With so many battles, suffering and death having occurred at Edinburgh Castle, it really comes as no surprise that it could be considered to be haunted. I really feel like as British people, we should know that history already. Yeah, I've never heard don't. any of that no. stuff. We're not taught anything, though. We're like, we're the bad guy, are we? No, <laughs> we're, no. We're only taught... Well, they want you to join the army, I think, when you leave school. So we're taught, like, you know, the British army is heroic and we only ever do things for good and blah, blah, blah. I don't even think I learned anything military when I was in school. I can't remember what history I learned. We must have done, like, World War Two. I don't know if we did World War Two properly. Oh, we did really? something weird. I remember doing World War II in primary school. It's a lot of Egyptians and... Yeah. Tudors. Yeah, Tudors, they hit big, don't they? (laughs) Tudors. Yeah, we do know about the Tudors. Well, I don't know anymore. Fair enough. I don't remember anything. Though there are many areas of Edinburgh Castle and its grounds that are said to be haunted, the castle's dungeons are considered to be especially active. To understand the pain, suffering, torment and death within those dungeons is to understand why there could be a residual energy left behind. 
former prisoners who perished either from poor living conditions, malnourishment, disease or torture, are said to still linger with Edinburgh's castle's dark depths. Many visitors claim to have sighted them or even heard them down there. One of the prisoners has a particularly dark story and is thought to have remained at the castle as a ghost. The prisoner was so desperate to escape his suffering, he buried himself within a wheelbarrow filled with dung. Oh. <laughs> I believe the Scottish call it a jobby. <laughs> Be- <laughs> Being completely concealed in the faeces, he expected to be wheeled down the Royal Mile to freedom. Although his plans saw him escape from the dungeon, the barrow was disposed of over the towering edge of Castle Rock. Sadly, this man fell from the great height to his imminent death. Some say that he remained at the castle as a ghost. In his disgruntled rage, he is said to attempt to push people from the heights of the castle. Luckily, to those who come into contact with this spirit are usually made aware he is around, as his presence is accompanied by the strong stench Uh, of of dung. 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 (laughs) Smells like shit. (laughs) Dung's a great word. (laughs) Another ghost story of Edinburgh relates to a young piper boy. After underground tunnels leading from the castle were discovered a few hundred years ago, people grew curious as to where they stretched. An entrance to those tunnels was located, yet its small opening meant that only a young boy could be sent down to explore. This young boy was forced into the task and instructed to play his bagpipes as he followed the tunnel. It's the most Scottish thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you know, he had some shortbread at the end. (laughs) How did he get his bagpipes into a tunnel? Well, he had baby boy bagpipes, didn't he? <laughs> oh, I hate baby bagpipes. <laughs> oh, could you imagine the sound? It's like a recorder. <laughs> be like that. Eric, your cat's just turned around with absolute <laughs> disgust when you made that noise. Well, very racist. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He's pro-Putin, that cat, I'm telling you. <laughs> the sound allowed those above ground to track where he was and follow his progress. The boy made it halfway down the Royal Mile before suddenly falling silent. Do you know how hard it is to see the word Royal Mile and not want to say Royal Mail? What is it, Royal Mall? Royal Mile. Mile, Royal yeah. Mile. But my brain is like, Mail! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Though rescue efforts were attempted, the boy was never located. No one really knows what happened to that young lad, yet most people believe that he died down there. Can I guess what the haunting is? Do people, when they go there, they hear the sound of bagpipes? Oh, he's a clever one. Oh, yes. He's dust it. The- they're so predictable, these jammy ghosts. <laughs> now, if all you've got is bagpipes, that's all you died with, what are you meant to do? Oh, what a curse to live eternity with the sound of bagpipes. Legend has it that on a still, quiet night, you can still hear the muffled sound of the boys' bagpipes. That just sounds like a normal night in Scotland. <laughs> well, you can still Someone hear the fighting. sound of the boys' bagpipes playing as he continues to search for a way out of the tunnel. Strangely enough, another young boy with an instrument haunts Edinburgh Castle. This young boy generally appears to people as a headless apparition and is always playing his drum. To see this spirit is a very bad omen and he will only appear right before the castle comes under attack. As it has been a long time since the castle's last attack, no one has seen this spirit in a very long time. (laughs) There is still a lot of mystery around the young boy as nobody really knows who he is or why he is at the castle. Another spirit that is commonly seen at the castle is that of a black dog. So remember we said there's a dog cemetery and a lot of the soldiers buried their dogs there. Is there an elephant ghost coming up? No, there's no elephant ghost. Oh. This animal is often seen running around the castle's grounds before suddenly disappearing into thin air. 
Many people believe that this dog is somehow tied to the dog cemetery, which exists at Edinburgh Castle. That does make sense. Yes. That does tie up. This small cemetery contains many soldiers' dogs, which some people believe could be the ghost dog. That's quite a common thing, isn't it, ghost dogs? In Britain, Yeah, when we covered... um, We did, like, an episode and we spoke about Leeds Castle. Yes. And there was a a black dog that supposedly haunts Leeds Castle, yeah. This is my favourite. Okay. (laughs) My favourite Edinburgh Castle ghost. Everyone has one. Mine's the dead (laughs) boy with the bagpipes. Right. (laughs) Love a dead boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well... For our last ghostly presence at the castle, I need to introduce you to a lady called Janet Douglas, also known as Lady Gimmis. Well, how's that line up? You'll find out if you wait. Lady Gimmis. Mm-hmm. Not Grimace, like the McDonald's character. Did I say Gimmis? I meant Glamis. Oh, OK. Anyway, that, make, that makes more sense. Let me start that again. Shall I start that again or just leave it in? Well, let's, just just keep, let's, just, it? let's just roll with it. Yeah, you know what you're in for when you tune in. <laughs> uh, as our episodes go on, the editing gets more and more slack. <laughs> I can't even be bothered. Because I will tell you a bit of inside knowledge for the listeners. I do the editing when I get home from work. It's five o'clock in the morning. I do nothing. She does not. I'm not a tech guy. All right. So the story of Janet Douglas, Lady Glamis, is a tragic tale of vengeance against an innocent young woman, meted out by the king of the time, James V, and achieved by accusing her on a baseless charge of witchcraft and poisoning. Janet was the daughter of George Douglas, master of Angus, heir at the time to the earldom of Angus, and Elizabeth Drummond, daughter of the first Lord Drummond, and was born around 1505. She married John Lyon, sixth Lord Glamis, and they had a son, who they also called John. That's how she became Lady Glamis. She married someone with the last name Glamis. Okay, okay, that's (laughs) normally how it works. When Lyon died in 1528, the young widow Janet went on to wed Walter Campbell of Skipness. Skipness? Skipness. Janet was also the sister of Archibald Douglas. Archibald. Archibald. Don't get names like that anymore. Isn't that what? I suppose that's what Archie is short for. Yeah, isn't that Harry and Meghan's? Is he an Archibald? Is he called Archie? Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Archibald. Yeah. Archibald and Lilybet. Unlike his uncle, who's just bald. That was crap. Keep going. (laughs) Sixth Earl of Angus. It was this family relationship that was to be her downfall. So why did James hate the Douglases? James V was just a child when his father, James IV, was slain with the flower of Scottish nobility at the disastrous battle of Flodin. Flodin. Flodin? In 1513. I'm so sorry. I don't know if it's Flodin or Flodin. Let us know. James IV's widow, Margaret Tudor, went on to marry the Douglas Earl of Angus and, as stepfather to the young kid, Angus virtually controlled the kingdom by having possession of the king. Every time you say Angus, one, it's incredibly Scottish. Two, it makes me think of burgers. Or like <laughs> yeah, that steak. prime Angus. Prime burger. Angus. <laughs> when James V came of age, he escaped from Falkland Palace and Angus clutches and asserted his power. Angus fled Scotland after being besieged in... Tantalon Castle, I think that's how you Definitely say it. not, but keep going. Tantalon. Tantalon. <laughs> just said it in a gruff voice. I didn't make it Scottish. I'm trying to work on my character voices, okay? Because <sighs> I got moaned at by my wife that my voices are crap. So I'm trying yeah. to work on it. Do you yeah, not remember I've never my... i you be like a Loveland frogman. My old chemist voice. 
<laughs> I enjoyed that? the old game. That was voice. a good one. Yeah, All my quotes have the same accent, <laughs> as you might remember from the last episode. <laughs> James went on to pursue vengeance against his family. Janet was widowed the same year that her brother fled Scotland. James had fortified the Earl of Angus, seizing his lands and property. Janet was summoned on a charge of communicating with her exiled brother, but she failed to appear and was then fortified herself. She and her family were besieged in Glamis Castle and then seized and brought to Edinburgh. Although a woman of impeccable character, she was accused of trying to poison James and also of witchcraft. Although it took torturing Janet's servants and friends to find any evidence against her on these charges. She may well have been guilty on the original charge, though. Do you think a lot of these stories are like could be solved with a modern-day Jerry Springer sort of situation? Do you reckon Jezza Kay would be like... Jezza Kay, Jeremy Kyle. The DNA test says... <laughs> Let's get Graham on stage <laughs> to tell us the science. Uh, Jerry, Guilty. This lie detector says, you lied. Full house! <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry if anyone's listening on headphones. That probably just went... Right in their ears. She was imprisoned with her husband, Walter Campbell, and her son, John, in a dark dungeon of Edinburgh Castle. Although nearly blind from her jail, Janet made an eloquent speech in her defence at her trial. But it was to no avail and she was convicted, along with her son. Campbell managed to escape from the prison, but he was killed, falling from a castle rock. Unfortunately, nothing could save Janet, and on the 17th of July, 1537, on what is now the Esplanade of Edinburgh Castle, she was burned alive. Her son was forced to watch. She was described as in the prime of her years of a singular beauty and suffering through all, though a woman with a man-like courage. John, her son, was also sentenced to death, but fortunately for him, he was not yet of an age where he could be executed. That was reserved for when he reached 18. So you could say she be- she did become Prime Angus Steak. Yeah. Smoked. Mm. Smoked Prime Angus Steak. She'd be in Burger King in no time R.I.P. Shouldn't have been a witch. John had... Oh, I've read that bit, sorry. With that logic, your flat would have you burnt oh, to I'd the ground. Oh, I'd be burnt, yeah. Yeah. I'd have been dead the day I turned 18. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, James V took all his lands and houses, including Glamis Castle, and plundered them. Luckily for John, James died in 1542, before he could be executed, and John was subsequently pardoned and became seven Lord Glamis and recovered his property. Lady Jane is said to roam the castle walls and appear as the Grey Lady. Many visitors report of seeing a woman walk around the corridors and the stairways of the castle. Some also report being able to smell smoke at the same time. Some sites have also included the sound of weeping. Ooh. I think that's well creepy. <laughs> have you watched Ghosts on BBC? Like the... The sitcom? Yeah. No, I haven't, oh, I love but I know, I know what it is. I know the premise. Well, it just makes me think of that because there's a witch ghost on that and that's meant to be, like, you smell burning because she can, like, walk through you and as she walks through you, it, like, leaves a smoky smell. So, whilst we're in Edinburgh... Right. You know, Get good old Zach Bagans. Oh, now you've piqued my interest. Zach Douchebag Bagans. Well, let's not say douchebag, but... Let's say douchebag. <laughs> let's say Zach the legend Bagans, <laughs> but go on. Well, he took a little trip to Edinburgh vaults. Of course he did. Did you see the episode? I have. Okay. Well, have I seen the episode? <laughs> of course you have, yeah. So this is directly, none of these are my words. This is directly from the Ghost Adventures website. You think we wouldn't be able to tell the difference between your words and Zach Bagan's words? <laughs> don't you know. don't say bro anywhere near enough. There's no bro in this. Let's face it, Zach Bagan's didn't write this either. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
this is their account of when they um, visited Edinburgh Vaults. I'm like standing to attention right now. <laughs> Would you like just, to hear? Yes, just to let the listeners know, we are sitting on the floor. Yeah, I'm getting pins and needles. My bad. ass <laughs> is entirely dead. <laughs> There's going to be the ghost of my ass is going to haunt this <laughs> haunt this location for years, and all people are going to see is a fat hairy ass, <laughs> just pubes. <laughs> like, oh God, another one. <laughs> Noise. Here we go. Zach and Co. Because he doesn't actually name any of his. No, they 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 are not worthy worthy. He's the main man. Zach and Co. Travel over three thousand miles overseas to the next investigation. Located in the foggy Edinburgh, Scotland, set to take place in one of the most haunted locations in the world. The series of underground vaults underneath the town South Bridge, known as the Edinburgh Vaults. It was originally built in 1788 to span the valley now occupied by urban civilization. Oh. And it's built upon 19 stone archways, which had floors and ceilings built in between the columns to form the visible chambers of today. These were to be used as storage rooms for respectable businesses like silversmiths and goldsmiths. But later on, they moved out for so-called social businesses to make use of the dens as gambling dens and drinking dens. Maybe they had a hellfire club down there. Yeah, possibly. That's very possible, to be fair. Shooting monkeys. Yes. (laughs) Down in Edinburgh Vault. Just a monkey playing a bagpipe. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing a fez. (laughs) For some reason in my head. A little waistcoat. Yeah. He's, uh, what was Michael Jackson's monkey called? Bubbles. Bubbles, yeah. I'm bubbles sure you've asked pack. me that before. We might as well do an episode on bubbles. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so was my bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Face down, ass up. Oh dear, anyway. let's keep going. <laughs> Eyewitnesses in the vaults reported dizzy feelings. In the cobbler's room, there is said to be a spirit of a woman that sits opposite of a malevolent male spirit that deeply resents pregnant women. So is this still on the Ghost Adventures website? Yes. And they're dropping words like malevolent. That's what I'm saying. Zach yeah, Bagans it right, this, isn't he? This was written by like a PR man. This is a great <laughs> bit of copy. The woman's spirit, who is dressed completely in black, is claimed to have told psychics that she lost her child for some unknown reason. An eyewitness who was six months pregnant heard a baby crying from one corner of a room and suddenly had a violent urge to be sick and would become momentarily sick two more times during her pregnancy as a result of going into the vaults. That is bizarre because you're not often sick when you're no, pregnant. No, no, it's, it's like that a never one-off happens. phenomena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were no other complications aside from those instances. Of course. The baby survived, I assume. Oh, good. I assume. <laughs> Maybe that's haunting in the vaults as well. <laughs> There is also a reputed benevolent spirit of a little boy named Jack who has been seen in full body form and tugs on people's hands and coats and throws stones around for fun. His disappearance can be traced back to 1810 and is possibly one of the unsolved missing person cases. One other spirit in contrast is an evil male spirit in a black overcoat and big black boots, thus lending him the nickname Mr Boots. Well, what a great (laughs) name. Mr Boots. Who may have once been a slum landlord who lived in the vaults. He has been seen looking at eyewitnesses with a leering grin and no eyeballs in his eye sockets. Not sure I was looking at him then. I'm calling him Mr. Sockets. <laughs> Mr. Sockets. <laughs> Mr. Boots sounds like a cat, doesn't it? Come on here, Mr. Boots. <laughs> it sounds like a black cat with white booties. <laughs> We've got a cat that lives near my work and he's called Socks because he has little white That's paws. That's what I mean. Yeah. Mr. Socks, Mr. Boots. So Mr Boots is known to strongly dislike people being down there in the vaults. He strongly dislikes shoes. 
having been heard yelling, get out! And being get out! Get out! And being suspected of being the invisible force who has violently pushed visitors. Seven days before the unveiling of the South Bridge, over 300 years ago, the lady who was supposed to christen the bridge died, and her body was put in a casket that was pushed over the bridge. This is believed by superstition to have laid the curse on the vaults that led to the 2040 black market and serial killing murders at the bridge in the years to come, as well as various diseases brought down upon Edinburgh via rainwater. That's how I want to be disposed of. Put me in a casket, toss me over the side of a bridge. I want to go out to sea, I think. <laughs> really? I want to go out the side of a boat. <laughs> when then I stand there with a bow and arrow, the flaming yeah. one, and I just. Yeah. You can shoot a little. Cannon, we should go out of cannons. Fire you out of a cannon. And then everyone will be like, oh my God, there's a meat shower and it'll just be our <laughs> dead bodies. <laughs> Zach is led by Des Brogan. Who the fuck's Des Brogan? Zach is led by Des Brogan, the man who took initial responsibility for investigating the vaults once they were rediscovered. Into the vaults on a tour, the damp, musty-smelling vaults have low ceilings and the one room Zach reports a specifically oppressive feeling is in Mr Boots' room. That was not Scottish, but... Mr Boots! <laughs> it is said that shining a light on Mr Boots' face will make him entirely go berserk. But he hasn't got any eyes in his sockets. Well, that being the reason Zach and Des tour while holding candles. I was going to say holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> No, holding candles, it's not It's not for the spooky effect at all. It's, no. It's um, because Mr Boots doesn't like electricity. I bet the flickering of that candle on his fake tan skin looked fantastic. <laughs> it is believed that Mr Boots hates anyone being in the room because there is the buried body of a young prostitute he murdered in one corner of the room. Oh, right. On the tour, when Zach makes his challenge to the evil spirit, Nick reports seeing a figure pass by outside the room, while Aaron reports hearing a breathy sound. Zach goes into the double-vaulted room, where the kid spirit, as well as the ghost of a shaggy dog, were reported. Then, in the cobbler's room, Des Brogan tells stories about how, on one room, the visibly happy visage of a cobbler has been seen in one corner, while in another corner of the room... A visibly angry woman, another believed murdered prostitute, appears and pushes people violently. Just then, Aaron's ca- <laughs> just then, Aaron's camera oddly blurs out all light sources on screen, <laughs> then shuts off on its own. During further preliminary background research, Zach hears that the headless ghost of Mary Queen of Scots is believed to be down there in the vaults as well. And Zach's going to talk to her. He's going to get a royal console. <laughs> <laughs> The Scottish people of Edinburgh claim that a good test of their ability to handle staying in the vaults later in the night is to go to the nearby Greyfriar Cemetery. Sorry, this is still from their web, the Ghost Adventures website. Yes. What's the point of watching it? This is telling the entire fucking thing. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't work for them. <laughs> Believed to be one of the most haunted in the world in its own right. Zach interviews one resident who relates that on one night at the cemetery, he had such a violent paranormal attack to the chest that he was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. This woman definitely had subtitles. Because this is the thing, like if you watch an American programme, they have a Scottish or an Irishman on there, they've got subtitles. Or even if they're just English with a slightly strong accent. Yeah, but we do it here. Like we do it if they're like speaking English but with a Polish accent. Yeah, true. We like subtitle them and it's like, I can hear what they're saying. (laughs) This poltergeist is given the name the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Zach and Co. have a little tour of the cemetery and find the tomb of George Mackenzie. I love Zach and Co. Zach and the others. 
They recall the documented story of one homeless guy who broke into this team and was attacked by a black figure. Zach and Chloe begin their lockdown of the Edinburgh Vault at 7.23pm and Aaron immediately hears scuffling down one hall. They set up their base in one room and Zach goes into Mr Boots' room. Nick reports that he felt fingers brush against his hair and Zach hears a breathy sound. Sounds romantic so far. <laughs> Oi, Aaron records a ball of light coming from Mr Boots' room and entering his neck. And shortly afterwards, both Zach and Nick are shocked to get physical contact on their arm. I feel like I have to take my shirt off at the moment. <laughs> this is like some weird sort of fantasy that someone wrote. <laughs> contact touching his neck, brushes through the hair. Well, it touches their arms and neck simultaneously at the same time. Then their EMF meter undergoes a huge spike of 20, possibly by the spirit of Mr Boots. Zach decides to stay behind in Mr Boots' room while Nick and Aaron explore the vaults on their own and the latter two hear physical sound in two separate instances. Zach reported a horrid feeling where he's standing. He proceeds to ask questions whilst recording with a digital recorder and is eventually shocked by a very loud scratching noise on the wall opposite him that is recorded by a static night vision camera. Zach eventually leaves as he reports feelings of being blasted with freezing cold waves of air and calls out for the other two. The three get back together to continue investigating Mr Boots' room. But before they can even enter the room, they record something amazing. For six straight minutes, they hear and record distinctive, constant, consisting, dragging and or soaring noises from elsewhere in the vaults where they stand still. When the noise ends, Zach and Co go into the cobbler's room where they believe the noise was coming from and quickly record an EVP of a popping noise followed by a slight brief female vocalisation. There you go. Wow. Oh, no, we've got more. Oh, to keep it going. <laughs> they go into the corner of the room where the malevolent female spirit is alleged to haunt, and after hearing a knock, they get another louder knock as an answer to their question of whether it hates pregnant women. What? They go into the white room and leave Aaron there while they continue on. Aaron, in an EVP sweep, hears and records a vocalisation from a dog. Zach and Kai regroup and set up more cameras in one more venture before dawn. They set up a teddy bear for the spirit of Jack to interact with in the white room. Half an hour after the camera in the white room was set to record, it captures the shocking footage of the bear being pushed back a bit. <laughs> completely on its Shocking pushed back a bit. <laughs> Ten minutes after that, the same camera records on its audio portion the slight voice of a young child vocalising for a full second. The lockdown eventually ends at 6.40am. Wow. That was Zach Bagans in the Edinburgh Vault. Wow. Guess you don't have to watch that if you're at home. <laughs> we should maybe one day we do like a live watch along. Yeah. We sit there yeah. on the sofa. We just record us sitting there on the sofa watching Ghost Adventures. That'll be a lot of just me insulting Zach Bagans though. <laughs> That'll be a lot of me just getting progressively more undressed as Zach goes on <laughs> through the lockdown. It's going to be a weird watch. If you'd want to watch that, um, let us know. It's supposed to be sensual. <laughs> I can't help it. Weird little fetish you've got going he on should, there. He shouldn't go on there with his trench coats and his buff muscles and his fake turn. Sure. And fake teeth. Sure. What's your thoughts of Edinburgh Castle, Edinburgh Vaults? Yeah, it was really interesting. I didn't know a lot of that history. I think um, the Janet story I find interesting. There's a lot, isn't there? And I find it interesting to think about as well because, you know, if you think of um, someone like Stonehenge 
obviously people believe that there's a lot of energy in those places mm-hmm. and they believe there's a lot of energy because the stones can like withhold the energy. Mm. And obviously when you think of castles, they're Made obviously built stones. from stone. So yeah. if you are inclined to believe that stone can withhold kind of spiritual energies or just energies in general, then a castle would, yeah, be that's, covered in it. That's where I've always come from, the ghost thing. I always see it from a more scientific point of view rather than a spiritual one because I don't mm-hmm. really believe in that but I believe that the energy is somehow absorbed by the raw material and then it's sort of almost like projected yeah that's what I believe it is like you're just watching a projection rather than interacting mm-hmm. with a spiritual being yeah it's know. definitely interesting isn't it but because it's interesting that usually the rules kind of are the more trauma the more energy yeah which is yeah then makes sense kind of whatever side of the spectrum you sit on. Yeah. Um, Because if you believe it's spiritual energy, then, yeah, of course, more trauma leads to more spiritual energy. If you just believe it's an energy that's been absorbed, again, it still works with that high trauma would release high energy. So, yeah, it's interesting. Who are you going to recommend to? Um... And not anyone Scottish. <laughs> Probably avoid if you're Scottish. You've got big I do apologise if I have mispronounced or well, we apologise for the shoddy, shoddy accents. Well, I don't know. Well, referring to yourself, mine was spotless. <laughs> and apologies if I mispronounced any areas of Scotland. Please feel free to tell me off. It's absolutely fine. I'm going to recommend anyone that thinks they might have an ancestral witch okay. in their family. You never know. We'd like to hear about that as well. Yeah, let's know. There's definitely got to be, if you could trace it back that far, then there's got to be loads of ancestors of it, isn't there? So, yeah, Yeah, let's know. If your ancestor was a witchy witch, there might have been um, burnt at the stake, get in touch. We'd love to hear your personal ghost stories, family ghost stories, because a lot of the time in these families, it passes down, don't it? Everyone, yeah. I'm sure everyone's family's got some sort of ghost story that gets passed down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you've got any ghost stories, you can email us at highlystrangepod at gmail.com. Obviously, Let's it's go. Halloween coming up soon. Oh, yeah. It's coming up Spooky to our season. one year anniversary of Highly Strange. Oh. If you've stuck around with us for an entire year, Thanks. that's incredible. <laughs> I think it's incredible that we've stuck around for an entire year, let alone anyone else. (laughs) Well, there you go. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Highly Strange Pod. Highly Strange Pod. Please like, subscribe, share, save, all the good stuff. Spotify, Apple Review, all of that would be lovely. And we hope you have a wonderful week. Yes. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) 